Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit PraiseChapelLasVegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. You're looking good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then tell your neighbor, I feel good. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. As they were just sharing, amen, a little bit, amen, of what last weekend, last weekend was, I mean, I'm still kind of reminiscing what took place, amen, especially on Saturday night and when the men were here and we're all together uh, as a church, amen, on Saturday night and Sunday morning. It was just an awesome time. I, I, I kind of revisit. Some of the things that took place even on Saturday morning with the ladies, I, I, I looked at the kind of the whole thing, uh, and man, I was just blown away, and man, I started to weep as I started to just watch God touch our, uh, the ladies in this house, amen, and uh, there was just a presence of God in this place, I, I, I'd say go back and revisit that, take a look at that, uh, it, like my wife was saying, it was so thick here, uh, Sister Angela didn't even minister, the, the, the presence of God just took over. And God just moved. There were uh, women were weeping at the altar. It was just a powerful, powerful time. And you can sense the spirit of God, the the anticipation that was in the air. There was such openness, emotional thankfulness. You can hear. I, I can hear chains being broken. Hallelujah! I'm not telling the spirit. There was chains being broken. There were declarations being made. There was unity. Uh, it was just an awesome, overwhelming time in the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Amen. And today I want to minister where freedom starts and where we can truly have victory. How many want victory in this place? Hallelujah. Come on, I want to see a victory. I want to be a victory. I want to stand in victory. Amen. But I believe if we're going to have victory, it starts from the heart. Something has to happen inside your heart for true freedom to come and for victory to stay. And today I want to minister on having a heart after God, having a heart after God, amen? You see, giving your heart is a pretty big thing. Can somebody say amen? Everyone says that they like to be a woman or a man that has a heart after God, but not many understand what that truly means. Matter of fact, from the Bible, what I can see mentions of one. We know that the Bible says that Abraham was a friend of God, that Moses talked to God face to face, that Enoch walked with God, but only one is recorded as a man after God's own heart. To make a, a statement like that of, of having a heart after God is huge. I mean, this is a big statement, but if we truly want victory, it has to start within your heart. Somebody say, my heart. A couple of weeks ago, if you were here, I ministered a message entitled, Lord, I Repent. And so this is kind of part two of this little mini-series I'm, I'm going to put together, amen. I think I got one more that I'm going to put together on this, amen. So I want to go back to that passage of Scripture I used a couple of weeks ago and talk about two men, Saul and David, amen. And let's look at the man that was recorded in the Bible as a man after God's own heart, amen. If you look to the book of Acts, Chapter 13, verse 22. 
I'm reading on the New Living Translation, and it reads like this. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man whom God said, I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything. Somebody say everything. Everything I want him to do. Now, if you go back to Samuel, 1 Samuel 13, 14, it reads like this. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Before Samuel went out to anoint the new king, the Lord tells Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, 17, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Amen. So here's Samuel going out to anoint the new king, but he tells him, you know what? When you go out there, it's not going to look like what you're pictured in your mind. Because I don't want you to think about his appearance, his height, amen. He's talking, you know, even he's, he's mentioning Saul here. Saul was a big man. He was a king. He looked like a king. And he says, you know what? I, I don't want you to look, uh, as you look for this new king, he's not going to look like Saul. I have rejected him. God does not look at the things that people look at, it says. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. In everything that we do, church, God is looking at your heart. So what does it take? What does it take you and I to be a person that has a heart after God's? And I think when if we're... we're if we are to be a people after God's own heart, uh, last time I've ministered, I think it's important that we must have a heart of repentance, right? Come on, that's the last, that, the last message I ministered, that we, Lord, I repent. There has to be a repentance if we want to have a heart after God, but we also have to have a heart of obedience. Oh, so many people didn't want to hear that. Amen. Hallelujah. I lost half of you. Obedience. Hallelujah. Come on, we start singing the La La song in our, in our ears right now. La, 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 I didn't hear that. Listen, obedience doesn't come naturally to, naturally to us, right? Come on, let's be honest. Our selfish nature does not like to obey. Come on, it started when we were little. Nobody taught us that. It came naturally. Go put your toys away. No. Come on. You got a little older. Go throw the trash. No. Come on, your boss and your job tells you something to do, but inside you're saying, no. Come on, let's be honest. The speed limit says 65, but something inside you says, no, do 80, dude. Come on, who does 65 here? Let's be honest, hallelujah. Come on, it, it, something inside you says, like, break the, break the law, go for it. Jesus with you, amen. Christians use that, that, that all the time, amen. But no, we are born into the flesh. We are born into the sinful nature that does not want to obey. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody's talking to you. <laughs> no, no, point to yourself. He's talking about me. All of us, it's naturally, we don't want to obey. It's, it's part of our sinful nature. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.31, uh, Paul says, I die daily. 
There has to be a daily death to himself, uh, to ourselves, because you know what? Uh, the flesh takes over. And Paul says, you know what? I recognize uh, that the flesh inside of me, so I got to die daily. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, 24 says, uh, And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh and with its passion and desires. Come on, are we in Christ? Do we belong to Christ? Then we have to crucify. Come on, something has to die within you, church. Otherwise, the flesh takes over. The passions, the desires come out. Luke chapter 9, 23, he said to all of them, including you here today, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and daily and follow me. Something has to take place inside our lives, church, if we're going to obey. Can somebody say amen? Something has to die inside of us. This nature has to die. This flesh has to die, amen. Because somewhere during the day, uh, somewhere down the line, uh, if you don't, you're going to disobey God. You ain't that bad. You ain't that tough. You, you ain't that saved. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, it doesn't matter if you've been saved 20 years, 30 years, or, or a month, amen. You're going to have to die to the flesh. When we look at these, this, this scripture that I read, I mean, of these two men, we see that these both, both, both of these men were kings. They were both anointed by God. Samuel was the one that poured oil over both these men. Both of them were called by God, and both ended up with kingdoms. But one lost the kingdom, and one inherited an eternal kingdom. Here is the very beginning of all that. And, and Samuel anointed Saul as king. When Samuel anointed Saul as king, God gave him a heart for the kingdom of God. Come on, he gave him a kingdom heart, amen. He gave him that heart. So, so Saul, amen, wasn't a bad person in the beginning. There was a call of God on Saul's life. But the difference here, church, is simply obedience. 1 Samuel 13, 14 says that you have not kept the Lord's commands. So here's Saul. He's the king. He's anointed and appointed by God. And God sends the prophet Samuel to tell Saul, you have not obeyed. Saul was given orders. He was given commands to follow church, but he failed to obey them. Doesn't it sound like us at times? Like all of us? Come on, somebody. Come on, there are things, amen. I, let me tell you, God's still working on me, amen. Come on, no one here has arrived, amen. There's things that God is saying, man, you, you didn't do that, right? You didn't do that. We, we all fall short of what? Of God's glory. The Bible says there is no one perfect, not one. Come on, Romans chapter 7, 15 says, and this is Paul speaking. Uh, he says, you know what, I don't really understand myself. This is great Paul Apostle. This is, this is the, the one that wrote two-thirds of, of the New Testament. Here's a man of God that was used powerfully by God. And here he makes a statement saying, I really don't understand myself. Do you understand yourself at times? Come on, there are times like, man, why, why do I do these things? Amen. Why am I thinking this way? So here's Paul being upfront and real. says, I don't understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Come on, somebody. 
In verse 19, it goes on and says, he goes, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what, I, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. <laughs> Come on, that's our sinful nature, church. Come on. And Paul goes on to say at the end of Romans chapter 7, amen, the answer is Jesus. Come on, if you, if you want victory in your life, victory over the flesh, Come on, you need Jesus. Hallelujah. You get Jesus in your life, amen. Let me tell you, obedience will line up to the Father. So we see in our text in Acts 13.22 that David was a man after God's own heart. It goes on to say that he would do anything or everything that God wanted him to do. Why? Because David gave God his heart. You see the difference between these two men, how one man lost the kingdom. How one man gained an eternal kingdom by simply obeying. One man failed to obey God, and one man obeyed God. Both had the opportunities to be fruitful in the kingdom of God, but the difference is a heart of obedience. You know what revival is, church? Revival is people getting right. Come on, it's, it's people repenting. Come on, it's a fresh turning of people to obedience. Come on, obedience. If there is no obedience, church, there is no revival. You cannot have revival without obedience. Obedience to Christ is everything. Everything. It's the key to everything that we do. It's the key to the victories in our lives. It's the key that unlocks the promises of God by obedience. Come on, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, God brings the children of Israel to a mountain. And he brings them in the valley of that mountain. And he says, one side is the mountain of blessing. On the other side is the mountain of cursing. And God speaks over the people of Israel, telling them of the promised land. But the deciding factor, if they would receive those promises, was simply if they would obey God. If not, the curse would fall upon them. This is true today, church. That God is always with us, but God is always warning us. Come on, somebody. Come on, the Holy Spirit's always there saying, don't go there. Come on, don't, don't do that. Don't see that. It's bad. You're going to pay the price. But what do we do? We do it anyway. We ignore God. We ignore the Holy Spirit. And we go there and we do that. And guess what happens? Curse comes upon us. Come on, you know, you know, that's why you're limping. <laughs> Come in church limping, all limping, and I cross-eyed and man, what happened? I did something I was not supposed to do, amen. Come on, we, we, we may not look like that physically, but spiritually we feel, man, we, we're jacked up. We felt, man, the curse, we've been robbed, we've been ripped off. Uh, come on, it hits our finances, it hits our home, uh, it sneaks in, amen. It starts doing things, why? Because we open a door and we stop obeying God. How many want to go in the promised land? How many want to receive the promises of God, amen? I don't know about you, amen. I'm here, man, uh, because I love God, amen, but God, uh, I want some of those blessings. Come on, I want the promise. There's over 7,000 promises in the Word of God, and I want each and every one of them. Hallelujah. And if, man, uh, if you don't want them, I'll take yours too. <laughs> I want to be blessed. But if we want those, church, then we have to render our hearts and obey God. 
You can have blessing. You can have cursing. The choice is actually yours. God tells the children of Israel, if you obey, he's pointing to this side of the mountain, if you obey, everyone will call you blessed. And you will be called a blessed nation. How many know that people can recognize the blessings of God upon your life? You can walk in and say, man, that, that guy's blessed. That couple's blessed. Amen. They're anointed. God, there's a lot of favor on God just by simply because they're obeying God. You, the, the blessings of God follow us. And they say you'll be called a blessed nation. And the difference is a heart of obedience, church. What went, back, uh, what went on back then goes on today, church. People go through hard times today because they simply don't obey God. So they end up complaining, murmuring, just like the children of Israel. Come on. Know any murmurs? Murmurers. <laughs> Don't look at them right now. Amen. Come on. We bring it on to ourselves. Can somebody say amen? Come on. Why? Because we don't want to obey. Come on. God says do this. Go this way. And we want to go the other way. It's in our nature. We fight with God. I mean, come on. Let me fight with God here. Come on, I, I, there's times that we're just fighting with God. Amen. I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to forgive them. Hello. Come on. I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to let it go. I want to hold on to this. They hurt me. Real bad, you know. <laughs> Come on, we want to hold on. We, and God says, you got to love. I don't want to love. I want to hate. Come on, God says to forgive. I don't want to forgive. I, I, I don't want to forgive them. We say we forgive, but deep down it's like, oh, no, I don't. It's in your back pocket right there, stuffed up. you got all kinds of, your pocket's so big right now. It's not even your butt. It's your pocket of all kinds of unforgiveness notes that you have. You have all this stuff, and God says, you got to give me that. You're going to have to obey my word. If you want blessings, amen, learn to forgive because I have forgiven you. Come on. It's part of the Lord's prayer. Forgive me. Uh, forgive my debtors. Forgive me as I forgive my debtors. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of the promise. If you want forgiveness, and you need to grant forgiveness. You need to give forgiveness, church. God forgave you. We don't, come on, we don't deserve it. But yet he forgave you. God tells the children of Israel, he warned them, and they still didn't listen. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, how many love Jesus? You love me, he says what? Keep my commands. Do what I tell you to do. Obey. Obey. If you truly love me, you obey me. Now, do you know that you can still love God, but not obey God completely? Come on, dude. Come on. Uh, that, that, that we can have the blessings of God, but not obey God in certain areas in our lives. What, what do you mean, Pastor? Have you ever felt that you got a blessing that you didn't deserve? Like, man, you like, wow. Like, they bought me this gift. You felt, you feel, you kind of feel weird. Like, I, I don't deserve this. I was talking about you yesterday. <laughs> Come on. You, ever, you, you feel like that, man? God, I don't deserve this. You know, it comes, it blesses you, and it overwhelms you, but deep down inside there's a remorse in God. I don't deserve this. 
I'm not being the son I need to be. I don't, I'm not being the father, the daughter I need to be. You know why? Why am I receiving that? I mean, that's how much he loves you. You see, guys like Cain and Esau and Judas and Saul, these were not bad guys. These were guys that simply did not understand obedience. They did not understand the importance of how to obey. Ever, even when Saul would disobey God, the Bible says that he would offer a sacrifice to him. He was worshiping God. Listen, church, listen. He was worshiping God while disobeying God. Come on, somebody. Have you ever came to church with your hands lifted high and worshiping God, knowing that you're still doing something bad? Come on, you're, you're worshiping God. Come on, have you ever been here knowing, man, I did something wrong and I'm still going to do something wrong? And you're lifting your hands and you're worshiping God. You're loving God, but you're still disobeying God. Saul was sacrificing to God while disobeying God. And the prophet came to Saul and told him in 1 Samuel 15, 22, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings? as much as sacrifice, as much as obeying the Lord. It is, better to, it is better to obey than to sacrifice. Comes and rebukes them. See, anyone can sacrifice, church. But can you obey? Now, that's a different story. That's a different story. It's better to obey than sacrifice. See, we want the blood of Jesus that saves us. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. We want God to cancel off our debt. But we don't want to do what he's asking us to do. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but not much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Obedience. Listen, church. Obedience is part of salvation. Obedience is part of salvation. They go hand in hand, church. You cannot be disobeying God, living the way you want to be, and still be saved. There has to be obedience. Obedience has to be connected in order for salvation to be true. What God is looking for today is a people with a heart of obedience, of people that will deny themselves. Come on, remember that scripture, amen? Deny themselves, amen. Pick up their cross, put on their crown, and follow Jesus. Come on, God is looking for that kind of people, amen. Come on, that would simply say, I'm not going to live the way I need to live. There's a, there's, a, there's a repentance. You turned around from that life. You're no longer living that way. You're no longer thinking that way. You're no longer doing those things. I, I pick up my cross. I, I put on my crown, and I follow Jesus. What do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say, God? Let's, let's do this. Now we get up and say, God tells you to do something. We're like, I don't want to do it today. Can I have Monday off? And God says, you got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. What are you talking about? It's an everyday thing, church. Christianity, discipleship, amen. Being a disciple of Jesus is not when you feel like it. It's living in obedience every day. There's things I don't want to do, but I do them anyway because I want to obey God. There's things I want to say to somebody. 
but I don't do it because I obey God. There's some things that I, I, I simply don't want to forgive or love, but God says to do it, and I do it anyway. And when I do it, I feel good. Come on, somebody. I feel good like, oh, yeah. And sometimes I just jack up the other person sometimes when I just hug them. Right? I'm going to love I'm going to buy a burrito for you. Whoa. Here you go. Of course, they open it up and say, what do you put in there? Amen. <laughs> no. You got to love, church. You got to forgive. There has to be obedience in our lives if you want the blessings of God. Let me tell you, when you start obeying God, something inside of you starts changing. Oh, come on. You start becoming just like his son. Amen. Ain't that the goal, church, to be more like Jesus? Not more of yourself. Not more of what you think you need to be or what you ought to be or how you're supposed to look or anything. You're supposed to look like Christ. All of us are a resemblance of Christ, amen. Now, come on, I'm not here as pastor. I know I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, amen. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, amen. That's what I do every day. I follow Jesus. I deny myself. I deny art. I deny who this person is, and I become Christ. Wherever we are, on our jobs, at our schools, in our neighborhood, we walk in obedience, church. And that's true salvation. Come on, we need people to deny themselves once again. People that will die there. You know, he died for you. He didn't die for you to just to do whatever you want to do. There's changes that have, take, have to take place within our lives, church. People have to die themselves daily. Not just on Sunday. Come on. This ain't, this, ain't, this ain't a religion, church. It's a relationship. You know, right now they're doing the Lent thing, and I have nothing against Catholics or anything, but, but they give up something, amen, yet they're still living like the devil. That doesn't save them. Church, that's, what are you doing? What are you giving up? This thing is not a three-day thing for us. This is a 24-7 thing all the time till Jesus comes back thing, amen. This is who we are, amen. Not just for 40 days that we give up a certain food or whatever it is. I give up my life because he gave up his life for me. That's an everyday thing that we as disciples of Jesus Christ have to do is to live in obedience. This is who we are, church. Not something that we put on a certain time of our year, church. It's an everyday thing and God is looking for those people. Come on, in the last days, he says, I'm looking for worshipers that will worship me in what? In spirit and in truth. We've got to be in truth, church. We've got to be the truth. We've got we to show the, the world who Jesus is. The world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus, and we are the Jesus to them, church. Come on, uh, for us, it should be no fear, amen, uh, or whatever hits our, our nation or what's hitting our world, uh, coronavirus, whatever virus, it does not matter, amen. We have the blood of Jesus, amen, uh, that covers us, amen. Uh, we are here uh, sanctified and covered by the blood of the Lamb, and we have to use our authority to speak over diseases, to speak over these things uh, that come to bring fear to God's people. Amen? Come on, we're here. We have the answer. Jesus. Jesus, church. Come on. Uh, we, we, have to, we have to do our things, but, you know, we, we got to use wisdom, too. Come on, somebody. We don't get all crazy and do crazy things. We got to take care of ourselves. Amen. 
Come on, there's doctors in the in, in the world, amen. Doctor, we gotta do what the doctor says, amen. Come on, we're not come on, you can't just stand in, God's gonna heal me here. Just say the Lord. And there's times when God does do that, church. There's times I've done that, amen. And I stopped taking the medication that God told me to take, amen, or the doctor told me to take, I don't stand on God, I'm gonna be healed. My God, I'm I'm healed. And the problem is that God never told me to stop. <laughs> I stopped. He never said, God, he didn't wake me up in a dream. If he would have done that, that's something different. But I said, oh, you know what, I'm going to stand by faith. Hallelujah. I'm healed. I'm done. Let me tell you, it worked for a little while, but then the, the headache started coming back. I had a heart problem. I had to take care of this heart, this, this ticker, and I was being selfish. My wife rebuked me. Oh, she rebuked me, amen. And she told me, did you stop taking medication? I went, uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You're suffering. I remember that day. No. <laughs> no, she just told me real simply that, you know, what What are you doing? Who told you? I stood on faith. Did God tell you? No, I, I just stood on faith. I went back and I had Go back to my medication. Now I have to, I'm here and I'm 30 years old. I just got saved, church. Got saved. And I get this heart problem. And I almost die in my sleep. God spares my life. I get on this medication. I got to take three pills three times a day. I felt like an old man at 30. Walking in a little pill box. So what? What do you do? I mean, I, I, that's how I felt. Then you get too busy to forget things, and so that's why I stopped. I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to believe God. God doesn't tell me to do that. Get back on the medication. And then I do. Whoa. That's how he talked to me. Don't take the medication. No. I did the surgery. I opted for the surgery to fix my, my heart. And I, by God, they found it, they replaced it, they fixed it. Didn't have to put a pacemaker, amen. At the age of 30, amen, God healed me. I've been off it. Heart's been ticking ever since. Because I simply obeyed God, amen, and not started walking on. So there's things that you can't just do crazy stuff. All in the name of Jesus, you know. Come on. They're good things, but they're not God things. Come on, somebody. They they look good. They're, 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 they're God. There's faith. But sometimes you you got to align it. You got to align it to the Word of God. You got to align it to what He's speaking to you. God's looking for a heart of obedience because disobedience breaks the heart of God. In Genesis chapter 6, six God saw the wickedness that was on earth. Every intent of the heart was evil at that time. And God was even sorry for ever making man on earth. That's how grieved God was. Think about this your disobedience, my disobedience, grieves the heart of God. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 5 to 6, the Lord observed the, the extent of the human wickedness on earth, and he saw that everything uh, it, he saw that everything they thought and imagined was inconsistent and total evil. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them and put them on earth. It broke his heart. But verse 7 says, so the Lord says, I'm going to wipe the face of the earth, uh, the, of the earth, the, the human race that I created. 
with them the animals, the birds, the, the creatures that move along the, the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But thank God for verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Come on, the message Bible says, but, Laura, but Noah was different and God liked what he saw in Noah. Thank God that someone stood in obedience. Thank God that someone stood in the gap. Thank God that God, that someone had a heart of obedience that spared our lives, church. Obedience brings life. But it all starts in the heart. Hallelujah. It all starts in the heart. Come on in, brother. It all starts in the heart. Obedience. Starts in the heart. You know, at that time, he, he's seen the sin just like God sees the sin in the world today. But thank God there are people of obedience today. There are people that are standing in the gap today. People that are standing in the promises of God. Amen. And that's what God is looking in these last days. Someone that will just simply obey what I tell them to do. Someone that would read the word and act upon that word. Amen. And start to do what God is calling us to do. Amen. Come on. It's time. We need to stop complaining. We need to stop murmuring. We need to stop doing all the things and start doing what God is telling us to do. Amen. If you need to forgive, then forgive. If you need to let go let go amen come on you need to let go of the past we need to be like paul come on i one thing i do is keep my eye on the prize amen i forget what's behind me and i strain towards the head towards the prize in obedience church man i can just imagine how god felt when his creation became wicked and evil he says man Thinking to himself, you know what? I'm sorry I ever made this. I'm going to wipe everything out. I'm going to just take everyone out. I'm done. But then there was Noah. There was Noah. Come on. Sometimes we look at our families and we say, man, look at all the stuff in our family. Alcoholism, drug addiction, all this stuff. But thank God for you that's standing in the gap for them. Come on, you are there standing in there. You're standing in obedience for them, amen. You're going to break the curse, amen. You're going to bring freedom out because your obedience, church, brings life to your family. You stick it out and you hound you and you just stay there. God, I'm believing for my son. I'm believing for my daughter, amen. I'm believing for my uncle, my Anna. I'm believing, amen, for the drug addict in my family, the alcoholism in my family. I'm believing I'm going to break the curse, God, because you're, my obedience brings life, church. It brings life to my family. All of us here, someone stood in the gap for you. All of us here, somebody was obedient to God, and you're here because of that. And because of that, you have life now. Now it's our turn. Say, it's my turn. It's our turn to stand in the gap. It's our, our turn to do what we need to do. Come on. Why are we fighting as Christians? Why are we fighting with God? Why are we fighting and all this stuff and complaining and murmuring, murmuring, murmuring? What the heck is that? It's a new word, hallelujah. For Las Vegas right here, hallelujah. That's for your new word for you. We don't murmur, we murmuring. <laughs> Come on, we, we got to stand together. Why are we wasting time? Do you know that all those fights and all the bickering and all the complaining 
is all assignment from the, the devil. He's distracting us on the things that we ought to do. So we start complaining. We start, man, we don't like them. Then we don't want to go. I don't want to go that journey. We're the family of God, church. Let's simply do what we need to do. I'm, I'm telling you, if you align yourself to obedience, all the stuff you're, you're complaining about will go away. It'll dissipate. It'll, it'll, it'll go because you'll realize the problem was you. <laughs> Come on. We can't fix other people. Only Jesus can fix people, church. But you can control yourself with the help of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. He'll help you, God, the Word, everything. We can, we can work on ourselves. Your job is to work on you. God's job is to work on everything else, amen, and, and work around you, and he'll work upon the church. But if we all just do our part, we'll be happy people. You'll love me, and I'll love you. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, we won't hate anybody. Come on, how, how many know this? Loving is a lot, 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 lot easier than hating. Hating takes work. Your face gets all into it. It's work. Loving is just easy. It's like, <laughs> I love you. I'd rather choose love than hate. Really? What people do to me, they do. I, I can't control that. Does it hurt? Yeah, we're all human. We still live in the flesh. But I crucify this flesh. God, I'm not going to let me come out. I'm not going to let me, the old me, come out and respond the way. I'm going to respond in love. I'm going to respond in love. Amen. Come on. Love beats hate all the time, church. Come on. Uh, if we simply love, we will be winners all the time. Uh, come on. Love covers a multitude of sin, church. Uh, come on. Put on love. Uh, put on Christ. And be who God created you to be. And let us stand. And let us walk in obedience. And when you start to walk in obedience, let me tell you, this theme about our conference is so right on of clarity. You'll start to hear the voice of God. Because you're lined up to God. We're doing what God's telling you to do. Now you start to hear his voice. When you hear his voice, now you start to believe who you are. And now that you believe who you are, let me tell you, you'll always stand in victory. That's our banner, church. I want victory for you. I want victory more than you want it for yourself. I want to see you. I want your marriages just to stand and blossom and I mean, your kids just, man, God's just pouring out all kinds of stuff. I want to see blessing, financial. I'm, man, I, I'm so hungry for you guys to stand in victory. God, let them just grab a hold of it, man. It's like, man. That's why I go encourage you. Come on, stand in victory, 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 victory. Victory is just going to come out of my all time. Victory, 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 victory. Yeah. I want you to grab a hold. Yeah, victory. Yeah, now you got it. You start, when you get that little bounce, you got it. You got victory. Yeah, I got victory, man. You walk different. Right? When you're victorious, you walk different. You act different. There's a different you. When you're defeating, it shows. When you're walking, I'm here. We see it. Just grab a hold of victory. Bring some joy back. Right? How many want joy? Come on, grab a hold of it. It's there. God is good. It's there. It's for us, church. Let's stand. When we stand in obedience, church, when we have a heart after God, let me tell you, your obedience brings life to your family. Life goes to you. 
Come on. When, when you stand victory, you're living. You're breathing. Every, everything that you're talking about, Mija, God's not difficult. Just like you're talking to me, Daddy just wants a relationship just like that. You just open your mouth just saying, what's up, God? Can you show me who you are? Show me. He'll blow your mind. Okay, just talk. That's faith right there. God, I know you're there. I feel you. God, show me. Show me who you are. Show off. He'll show off. He, he'll, he, he grabbed you. He grabbed you. Now prayer, there you go. And all this, all, all prayer is, is just talk, communication. Pretty soon you start to grow in that. Yeah, you'll develop that. You start to put the word into it. You start to claim things. You start to announce things. You start tearing up the devil, kicking them, and all this stuff, man. Boom, you're doing all kinds of stuff. That's like that, amen. Spiritually, you're like boom, boom, whack. Talking to people, whack, poof, It just becomes part of it. It becomes a weapon. The word of God is a weapon. Come on. It's a weapon. It's a sword. It's a sword. Hallelujah. You, you can just cut up things and things are facing you when you get the word. And then now you start praying the word. When you start praying the word, ooh, that's a different level there. You start praying the victory. You start praying victory. Oh, man, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Get thee behind me. Come on, you start talking that way, praying like that. Woo, you're a different force now. But sometimes we need those small talks. It's just a talk. It's not difficult at all. The enemy wants you to make it difficult. God's making it simple. And God says, you know what? Don't complicate things. You don't have to have the right words. You're like, I, I can't pray like that. No, you pray like you. <laughs> you be you. He's you. He loves you. That's who you be. You, you talk the way you talk, you'll clean up the other stuff. Let me tell you, when Praise Chapel started, amen, when you walked into that Maywood church in that prayer room, these guys, amen, were talking to God and cussing to God, amen. They didn't know how to pray. They were cussing out the devil. Eh, devil. They didn't know. But they, that's what they felt. Yeah, you're a beep, 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 devil. I love Jesus now, you know. It's part of growing, church. You be who you are, he'll develop. Come on, there's a plan and destiny for all of us, right? We just got to trust. It starts with obedience. I'm going to close today. Why? Because I'm hungry. <laughs> Anyone else hungry? Amen. Today we saw that one man lost the kingdom of God. Lost his life. But one man gained life and gained an eternal kingdom. And the difference between these two men was simply obedience. If we want to be a people of victory that our banner shows in 2020, there must be obedience. We must be obedient in every area of our life. And you don't know how to pray? Pray for obedience. God, help me to obey. Help me to trust you. Help me to do what your word says to do, even though I don't feel like doing it. And, and if, you don't, if you feel like that, it doesn't make you bad, church. It makes you real. Because Paul just said, the things I hate to do, I end up doing. So it's a, it's a process. It's a process. And God starts to work upon our lives. Amen. You can have blessing or cursing. You can have life or death. The choice is yours, church. But for me, I'm going to choose life all the time. Right? Right, Sister Vicki? Let's choose life. Let's choose life, amen. Let's choose love, amen. Let's just choose these things and let's live in the blessings of God, amen. The world will drain you. You don't know that. 
Come on, the world will drain you. But aren't you happy that God can fill you? Hallelujah. You can get filled, amen. God can move, amen. God wants to fill you, amen. And God wants to bless you, amen. Why don't we all stand up? Hallelujah.